Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out, right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Hello again and welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi and on today's show you'll meet master impressionist and showman Rich Natoli who can do celebrities, politicians, and singers from the past and the present. Later, you'll visit a bar that used to be the place to view Atomic Blasts. It's appropriately called Atomic Liquors. Finally, on the weekly visit with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin, we'll discuss ways that you can make yourself extremely unpopular in the casinos. The days of the great impressionists seem to be on the decline. You don't see the old Rich Little and Dave Fries anymore. Rich Little still plays in Las Vegas. We had him on the show. We know that. But there's a great talent in Las Vegas that you need to see. His name is Rich Natoli. He plays Monday nights, a show called All Shook Up at Planet Hollywood. On the 20th, he's doing a special show at the Silverton. We'll talk to him about that. And then October 16th, something really special over at the Smith Center. We'll talk about both those shows. But... Rich, great to have you on the show. One of the things you do that's so different to me than some of the things we see out there is you do a whole string from from guys of the past and great stars to people of the uh, of the current thing. It seems like it's hard to get both mixed. Is that something where you've just been doing this for a long time and are always adding people? How does that go? Yeah, yeah, I, I always add people. I mean, I, I just think it's important to to you know stay as up to date as possible. But you know, it's, it's funny because. Um, a lot, you know, you get such mixed reviews from critics about that. Like critics will go, "Well, why is he? Why is he doing some of the people from the past and the current people?" And what I, I just, I just found that impressions, you, you, you know, you want to capture as much of the audience as possible. And if, if we look at the audiences, especially in Las Vegas here, it's a big mix. I mean, you got you got grandmas, parents, and then you got some young people too. So I, I try to just hit them all, you know. I want to do people that that they all grew up with, and, that, and so that's why I call I call my headlining show "Voices of a Generation" for that reason, because they're they're really the voices of my my generation yeah. that go way back, you know, that go way back, and then all the way up to today. And so, you know, the people of today, you know, if you're doing Donald Trump, you you it's it's kind of a must because you know he's the president. You have to do him. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But you also do other presidents like JFK for example, you know. And again, it's that whole thing where some people may have grown up when they were small and remember Kennedy, other people only know Trump, but either way it's just it's just a wonderful mix of stuff for everybody in the audience. Yeah, wonderful mix and 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 I I, I get wonderful, you know, comments from people in the audience. Um, that that enjoy that, and then they say, "Well, you know, my mother liked that you did, you know, you did Bob Hope, and you did, you know, George Burns and Jack Benny, and then my kids like that you did Chris Rock and Larry the Cable Guy and Doctor Phil, and you know, so I just try to do as many of those as possible. And it, and in my show, in my headlining show, there's literally over a hundred celebrity voices in the show, with, mixed with comedy and some music too. Well, in your stuff, and people need to check it out because it's different. Nowadays, unfortunately, I think people think of impressions. They think of the stuff on Saturday Night Live, which is funny and so forth, but it's not really a great impression. It's more like they're going for kind of really contemporary things and try to be cute, but they're picking extremes. Your your stuff is much more centered. Like I, For example, on your answering machine, you, you do Donald Trump, and... It's good because it actually, when you get done, okay, that really sounded like Trump, you know. It's not just a wild, uh, almost like a drawing, you know, where they make kind of those weird drawings where you can kind of tell who it is. But uh... Yeah, well, you know, with Trump, it's, you know, the, and I, you know, it's so funny because I, I, I actually had Rich Little on my podcast show a, a few weeks ago, and we were talking about the hook of voices. And with Donald Trump, it's, you know, the hook is usually in the mouth with a lot of these 
performers. And, you know, Donald Trump holds his mouth. It's hard to do because it's radio. But but he, you know, he puts his mouth like this. Yeah. When you talk like this, there's a slight New York accent when he speaks. But it's kind of raspy. And you're losers. You're all losers. You're fired. And he has that that way of, of speaking. And when you really pay attention to how his mouth looks as an impressionist, it makes the voice easier to do, you know? Well, yeah, and that's where all this, you know, I'm amazed at what you guys do because people think if you just hear it once and do it, there's so much to it. I mean, you actually have to study not just even how it sounds, but how it looks, and, and you kind of get that feel because each of these guys, whoever they are, like some of these great comedians you do, like Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, it's more to it. There, there's really a style to it, and you got to be able to pick up that whole uh, personality to really sell the impression. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. It, it's, it's it, there's a lot there's a lot entailed other than just a voice, and and it, you kind of feel like these people, you know, you know. I mean, if you even if you go it, it back at like with a Reagan voice, and well, and when you do Ronald Reagan, you have to kind of move your head back and forth, and and when you do it that way, it sounds better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, I mean, is this something where when you're doing these, does it instantly, like in your brain, if we could have a a little insight into your brain, are you seeing that person when you're doing it? I really do. I really do see that person and try to feel like that person. And, 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 And for me, it's not hard to do that. I don't know why I'm even able to do that, but I was kind of always able to do that. I mean, if, if you're doing Johnny Carson, ah. You know, it's, it, it was it was so hot in Burbank today. Uh, he he kind of had this thing where where he sounded like a twang. Yeah, See that twang. And then he would have that 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 cackle laugh. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> th- those those things with the mannerisms together kind of just bring it all together. You know. Now, do you follow yeah. other impressionists? Because, like, okay, like you, you mentioned Carson, and of course, Rich Little. I always remember him doing those and those, you know, and those roasts and so forth. And is it something where you ever get once somebody gets it, that's good? Then all the other good people can figure it out. Because it, it, is that like the key to it? Like in, your, in his sense, the laugh or the all these different twitches, so to speak, well, while he's sitting. Oh, there. oh I, I've, I've done I've done voices with with pretty much every impressionist. From do you remember Fred Travellina? Yeah. And- and Rich Little and Dana Carvey is a friend of mine. And we, we've all done voices together. And, yeah, there's a hook to every voice. So, you know, the, like last time I saw Dana, he's like, oh, can you do Trump, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. and, so, and so everybody can – we can show other people that could have a knack for voices how to do it and what the hook is. And then they can pick it up easier than, than sometimes watching the original person because we bring out the exaggeration of it. Once another impressionist can see the exaggeration of what you're doing – with a certain voice, it's easier for them to get it. Columbo, remember Columbo? Yeah, He's Peter Falk. That, you know, excuse me. Jeez, I'm sorry to bother you. You know, he had that twang sound in his voice like that. And so there's a, there's a just a hook that is so prevalent in all these people that are so doable. And it's just, I just, I'm, I've always been fascinated with it, you know. Well, me too, but I can't do it like you do. I mean, you do... Literally hundreds of people. It's incredible. Have you had somebody, uh, Rich, that where you said to yourself, you know, I can't get it right. You know, or, you know, you know, you, you get the idea, you get the hook and stuff, but for some reason you just struggle with it. Does that ever happen? Well, you know, you know, ironically, Columbo was one of those voices that I struggled with when I was a teenager, and I was going, I can't get this voice. I can't get this voice. And then I would watch some other impressionists that that they would do a great Columbo, and I go, ah, okay. And then I got it down, and so. Yeah, that was a case where another impression helped me to watch them, um, and, and 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 I think that that's just so true. With so many voices, like you know, a, a voice that I taught Rich Little how to do was Robert Wagner. You know, the actor Robert yeah. Wagner. He would talk like this, darling. Perhaps you'd like to ask Max if he'd like to join us, and he has that voice that sounds like that. That's great. So there's a, a definite hook, you know. I love that, but you know, but but with that, with the Robert Wagner voice, that seems so subtle to me. That's very good. I had never heard that, and that's that's kind of because I would think he'd be harder to do. So that's I think that's great. Well, you know, it's funny because Rich Will said that to me. He said, he said, you know, I've never been able to do Robert Wagner. You know, <laughs> and and I just think that 
you know, impressionists, we, we do have those certain voices that we can really, really just do to a T. And even other impressionists that maybe can do the voice, they can't do it as good, you know. And so we all have that. I mean, if you listen to Rich Little do, you know, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, I mean, it's it's just amazingly incredible, you know. It's, I'm in awe of watching other other artists and, and, and what their strengths are, you know. Back with more from Impressionist Rich Natoli in just a few moments. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Visit us at VegasNeverSleeps.com. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You may not realize it, but there's a source of renewable energy right in your neighborhood, and you're helping to power it. Today, waste management is using the resources at our disposal to create energy from waste. Enough green energy to power over one million homes. It's an idea we're proud to drive forward. From everyday collection to environmental protection, think green, think waste management. Angstrom Minerals represent a quantum leap in nutrition. Liquid minerals offer a more concentrated and quicker boost because they integrate into the body faster. Unlike that handful of pills you take every day, Angstrom Minerals bypass digestion and go directly to the cells. Try Angstrom Minerals for your body, your health, and your life. Register online and use your account to save 5% off your retail order every time you shop. Some restrictions apply. Please visit ElementalResearchInc.com. Are you looking to save money on your prescription medications? Are your prescription costs too high? Are you paying out of pocket for your meds? Or is your copay too high? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you've got to check out the RX Cut free prescription discount card. And getting your free discount card is easy. All you do is go to the website rxcutdiscounts.com. The free RX Cut prescription discount card allows you to get significant discounts on either brand name or generic prescription medications, and it also works on meds with high copays. There are no fees, no forms, no personal information needed, and the cards are active immediately. Discount cards are also good for the entire family, and they never expire. Again, to get your free discount cards, visit rxcutdiscounts.com. You may get the free discount card either by U.S. mail, email, text, or simply print out the discount card online. When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see, and there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week on the show, but Scott's got a lot more there. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? (laughs) That is the case, (laughs) yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. It's a must when you come to Las Vegas. VitalVegas.com. He's looking for Smith, but instead goes down the middle. Chester, touchdown Raiders! Oh, what a great ball. 19 yards and a Raider touchdown to make it 22-3. Chester had gotten free at the five and was all alone in the end zone two yards in. That is the Oakland Raiders. No, not the Oakland Raiders of 2017, but the Oakland Raiders of 1972. And that's what we're talking about on a new feature called RaiderHistorian.com. You go there and we have 
every week different highlights from years in the past, including a look back at Al Davis, the owner, all the great games, the rivalries, the philosophy of the team, and so forth. It's a must as the Raiders head to Las Vegas in just another few years. If you're here in Las Vegas, you got to know that history, and if you're from Oakland and L.A., you'll want to relive that as well. RaiderHistorian.com. We return to Vegas Never Sleeps. Here's Stephen Maggi. You are listening to longtime Las Vegas comic and impressionist Rich Natoli. You grew up in Northern California, as I did, you know, Italian, as, like I am, and you went to the same place I used to go to all the time. You apparently were a ticket taker at the good old Circle Star Theater in San Carlos. I which... was. I worked there, yeah, I worked there for a couple of years, and that's, you know, I worked there when I was 16 years old, and I, I, I saw everybody. I mean, I saw everyone from Sammy Davis to Sinatra. Rich Little played there. and um, Yeah, it was an amazing place. I it was a great the theater, time. wasn't it? I mean, because it held like, what, two or 3,000, and you could see big names there. I mean, what, didn't Sammy Davis own a piece of that at one time, as I recall? Sammy did own. He owned like a third of it, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I remember that. But it's just the quality. In fact, I saw Rich Little there. As you know, in my youth, I remember that, and with Doc Severinsen, just some great stuff that came through. But I mean, was that the opportunity where you're sitting there and you're hearing these people, and you can watch them actually work live and kind of pick up all those things? Yeah, I, 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 I just you know it's so funny. I was I remember watching. Um, I remember watching Bill Cosby. You see, doing the show. I remember watching him. And the boss, this guy's name was Bob Love. He was an older guy, the real nicest guy in the world. And I remember watching Bill Cosby, and Bill Cosby would do, you know, a matinee, and then he would do the evening show. And then, and, and I remember watching just every show, and I, I said to the boss, geez, you know, what's amazing is he's not getting as big a laugh on the same bits that he got last show. Why is that? Because I, I hadn't performed yet at that point. And, and the boss looked at me, and he said, well, that's showbiz, kid. Every audience is different, you know. And, and he said the key to this stuff is to find consistency. Nothing's going to work every time, but if you can find something that works eight out of ten times, you're doing good, you know. And so, and, and then when I started performing, I understood exactly what he was talking about. Um, it was yeah. just amazing that uh, you, you, you'd experience that. You would do the same bit the next show, and it wouldn't get as big a laugh as it did the, the show before. <laughs> <laughs> go, well, isn't that weird, you know? Well, do you ever have to audible where all of a sudden you're picking up that, I, I don't know, maybe the singers are, are are hitting it more that day, or maybe it's, you know, a younger audience or an older audience. Do you do that where you go, okay, I'm going to move this thing a little bit, or is it a straight yeah, thing where, no, yeah, I've got yeah, sets, yeah. that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, that happens. But usually I know before I go up there what I'm dealing with. And see, the, the rule number one in comedy that I've learned out of all the decades of doing this is that always know where you are. If you're in, if you're doing a, a, a retirement village show, you got to know right where you are. Don't start doing young hip stuff because they're not going to get it. They're not going to be interested in it. Give them what they grew up watching, and they grew up watching Bob Hope, Jack Benny, George Burns, line punch jokes. Give them that, and they'll love you. But if you start doing observational comedy, yeah, if you start doing that kind of stuff. They're, they're, it's going to go over their head because they're used to jokes. Those people grew up watching, you know, Vaudeville and the Ed Sullivan Show and all those things. So if you know where you are, now if you're doing a college, you don't want to do that. You want to do what relates to those kids, you know. Right. And that's, that's most important, most important. Well, it makes a lot of sense, and what's interesting about it is, is you're not just going for, well, these are older people, therefore they need these older stars. You're actually talking about like the type of comedy, which makes a lot of sense, because like, the ob- observational stuff of Jerry Seinfeld and all that stuff that got popular really didn't hit it till like the 90s. So, wow, I never thought of that part. But, And I guess that's just how it is. So it's not even just the people, but it's also the material they want to hear. Yeah, you mentioned Seinfeld. Uh- Listen, what would Seinfeld say right now? Hey, you know, you know, Steve, Halloween's coming. What's the deal with vampires? If they can't see themselves in the mirror, why is their hair so perfect? <laughs> uh, you know, that, and that's the kind of thing. And and I guess when you when you f- pick out the jokes and stuff too, is it difficult to bring like? a joke that they didn't do and bring it to a particular uh, star and try to fit it into their style? How does that work? 
Well, you know, I tried to, I just, I try to do things with them. Um, like what I, what I do with Trump, you know, I do a Wizard of Oz remake in my show where I have Donald Trump as the wizard, De Niro as a scarecrow, Joe Pesci as a tin man, Dustin Hoffman as Rain Man as a lion, and Dorothy <laughs> is Mike Tyson. So I, I do that piece <laughs> in my show. So I try to do things with them. You know, do it, you, you say things that you think they would say only in a different context where you'd never see them. Like, you'd never see them in a Wizard of Oz remake, and so that makes it funny right away before you even do the bit. So the minute you set up the bit and say what the bit's about, the people are already laughing because they would never see Donald Trump be the wizard in the Wizard of Oz. They would never see, you know, those other characters. Yeah. So it makes it funny from the get-go, and so that's what I try to do, you know, with the voices. Oh, I love that. Uh, Joe Pesci is the Tim Man? <laughs> that's great. Yo, Joe Pesci. <laughs> Okay, okay, I say we whack him. I say I take this axe and we whack the wizard, okay? Okay, okay? <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know. I love and, that. Uh, you know, another thing you do, which not all impressions can do, and I think partly because it's just some people can't sing as well as others, but you can actually do singing. I mean, that is really, I got to figure that's difficult. I mean, Johnny Mathis is one of the, you do, and I'm an old Johnny Mathis fan from way back, you know. Yeah. That's not an easy voice to do. I mean, I think it might be an easy voice when he's talking, but when he's singing, that's tough. He's yeah, good. Yeah, because he has a lot of vibrato. Um, I, 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 yeah, I studied, I actually studied with a singing coach for, for a few years um, back in the day, and and I, and I just because I wanted to learn how to sing a little bit so I could do some of these other people. And yeah, I try. What I try to do with them though is I always try to make them funny. You know, that's that's my thing. And, right. And I, I, I'll like you'll never see me do a straight singing impression. And that's not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, Bob Anderson does that brilliantly. But I do. I just try. I'm a comedian, so I just try to make it funny. So I exaggerate it, you know, more and uh, and uh, and do it that way. So. Whatever, whatever characters I do, I always just try to get the laugh, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, first of all, your parents apparently were really supportive of this, right? I mean, they, your dad would take yeah, you to— Yeah, they actually were. My father used to actually take me to the comedy clubs in San Francisco. I started at a comedy club that, you know, everybody from Robin Williams to, uh, you know, Ellen DeGeneres and Dana Carvey and, we, and Kevin Pollack, we all played this comedy club— called the Holy City Zoo on Clement Street. I remember it's not it. not even there anymore. But it was a little tiny club with a little loft, and they would pack them in there. And I'd play there every week. And, and, uh, and uh, yeah, my dad used to, because I was underage, I was only like, you know, 18, 18, 19, so I wasn't old enough to be around the liquor. So, but, so I had to just do my show and leave. I couldn't stay there because I wasn't 21. So uh, my dad would, yeah, drive me up there and hang out and watch this thing, and I'd do my set, and then we'd leave, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's really cool. And it takes a lot of guts to stand up there. You know, everybody thinks they could be a comedian, but to get up in front, I, I got to give you all the credit in the world. That is not an easy thing to do. Well, you know, the funny thing is the first show I ever did was in high school. And it was, you know, they were looking for acts for the, the, the assembly, the senior assembly, I remember. And I and I, I had done a bunch of voices, and but I didn't have an act, and I'd never been on stage. And my friend said, my friend said, Rich, you have to, um, you have to, uh, do the performing the show because we need more acts and if you don't we're not going to be able to get out of class because <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> there, there won't important. be an assembly of, of entertainment so i said man i can't do that and he said no you can do it you do some great voices you should do it so i wrote this little routine around an ed sullivan show that i did i remember and and i did that and i remember i walked out there and you have to understand the entire school was there this was an auditorium that seated about you know seven, eight hundred people, and it was an older auditorium, and the microphones were old, you know, because the school was very old, but I remember, I remember walking on there, and I did really, more, more, just did, you know, better than I ever dreamed I would have done. We'll continue chatting with Las Vegas showman Rich Natoli in a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. I'm here with Logan Reed, my own personal business coach that does so much more than just business. Logan, do you find that people come to you thinking about business and ended up leaving where it's really about their entire life? 
That's actually a great question because what I find is that people often come to me and ask, am I a business coach, am I a career coach, am I a life coach? And I say, I don't care what you call me because when you change any part of your life, so if we're talking about your career or your relationship, it's going to change everything. So when we make changes in one part, it touches every part of our life. So how do we get involved? How do we get more information about about you and what you're doing? Sure. You can give me a call at 360-529-1848 or email me at logan at loganreadcoaching.com. And you could also check out my website if you want to learn more about me at loganreadcoaching.com. Waste management has earth-friendly plans that fit the biggest corporations and recycling programs to help smaller companies get started. We're there for you every night and on the job with you every day. When you put waste management to work, you get an environmental partner and big ideas for every size business. From everyday collection to environmental protection, think green, think waste management. To learn more, visit WM.com. Forgotten Heroes, the independent film that Hollywood refused to distribute. They were asked to risk their lives in order to save their enemy. The producers of Forgotten Heroes are donating 25% of all sales to the American Veterans Disabled for Life Memorial Fund. We need someone to go in there and bring them out. From first-time director Jack Marino, the home run for America's Vietnam veteran. They are Forgotten Heroes. Buy the DVD now at ForgottenHeroesTheMovie.com. That's ForgottenHeroesTheMovie.com. Hello? Lisa, it's Janet. What's wrong? Oh, it's just the bridesmaids' dresses for Lindsay's wedding. Oh, no. Tell me they're not fuchsia. Oh, they're not fuchsia. Then what? Oh, they're gaudy, aren't they? All ruffles and lace. <laughs> Great. We'll look like a chorus line. No, no, no. They're really quite simple. It's the material I'm most concerned about. Oh, I knew it. I specifically said no chiffon. I mean, it's so passe. I just don't it's think... It's not chiffon. Then what? They're made out of old yellow pages. What? I didn't catch that. It sounded like you said they're made out of old yellow pages. Yep. I'm afraid you heard right. It's got something to do with recycling and good karma on her wedding day. Oh, that's special. I'm not going to know whether a guy's checking me out or just looking for the number of a good mechanic. Funny. Very funny. There's a better way to recycle your outdated Dex phone books. Find out just how easy we've made it in your neighborhood. Call 1-877-2-GET-DEX or log on to DexNose.com. I know what you're thinking. Why would I need a voiceover production company? Well, does your company need a commercial for radio or television? Does your company need an entertaining and informative on-hold message? Are you looking to do an audiobook or web presentation? Then you need a voiceover production company. That's why thousands turn to the pros at Black Eagle Sound Design. Black Eagle Sound Design is home to some of the finest voice actors, producers, and engineers in the business. At Black Eagle Sound Design, you get Hall of Fame professionalism, royalty-free music, and a 100% buyout, meaning the commercials are yours to do with as you please. See website for details. Log on now to BESD.US and find out more. It's time you worked with the best, and Black Eagle Sound Design will be there with you and your project every step of the way. On time, on target, and at a price you can afford. I'm Adele Poole, one of the many talents you'll hear at Black Eagle Sound Design. Visit us at BESD.US. Black Eagle Sound Design, because the voice you choose matters. And now, more Vegas Never Sleeps. Here's Stephen Maggi once again. We are back with impersonator Rich Natoli, who was telling us that he knew he wanted to be on stage from the first time he was on stage in high school. And, and I just remember thinking when I was up there for the very first time that I felt very comfortable, like I had been there a million times before, but I had never performed before. So it was that warm feeling of like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to do this because I feel like I'm at home and yeah. here for some. So it really felt like that to me, and and I never forgot that feeling. It just it just still to this day feels that way. And I just from then on, I just kept going and kept doing things, shows and stuff. But it really felt comfortable. Like 
I just thought, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know? Yeah, right. It, it, it's what you were born to do. There's no question. And I think eventually you were really born to end up in Las Vegas because, you know, you did a lot of corporate stuff, very popular in that world, you know, and and, and there's a whole market for that. But uh, the Bright Lights of Vegas called, uh, you know, is it just one of those places where you get not only you get to see these people come in, but people want to see that they want to be entertained when they come to Las Vegas. And there's so many great acts in town. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that, that people come here, you know, uh, to, to just go in and see the shows that they can't see in their hometown, you know. And and, and it's great. There's great entertainment here. And, and I, I worked in and out of this town for decades, and I used to perform in review shows here and open for major acts. I mean, I opened for everyone from The Four Tops to The Temptations to America, you know, wow. uh, Roy okay. Clark. Roy Clark worked with you know Jay Leno, Howie Mandel, you know all, a lot of a lot of very big you know performers, um, and and I just I love just working with with other talent. I just I just love talented people. I love to learn from them. I, I'm in awe of them, and I just I just love talented uh, performers. Now you know, is it easier to open for another comedian, a big name comedian, or for a, a singer? Thing because you know that's different audiences. So I'm wondering. You know, I kind of like to have a comedian before a musician because sometimes it, it just makes for a nice kind of. I guess I'm an old variety show fan because I like that. But what did you find yeah. as a performer side? What do you? Th- which do you prefer? You know, I, I you know it, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I would I would open for, you know, any, any music act or any comedy act, it, it, still, it still feels the same to me, you know? You just kind of do your thing, and, and it depends where you are. I mean, if you're in a comedy club, the crowd's going to be a little younger, a little hipper, you know? Well, let's talk about a couple of dates you got coming up. I think it's really important. Of course, Monday nights, you can always check you out over at Planet Hollywood. All shook up. Great show. Yeah, what, upstairs. What time is that? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Six o'clock, and that's a great time to go in in Vegas. You know, sometimes I love those shows that are a little earlier because you can get you can get out afterwards and have dinner later. Makes for a fun night. Sometimes uh, it's better than staying up late, and then you don't feel like laughing when it gets too you know, too late. You know, so I think that's a good time. Yeah, it's a good time. It was, you know, like like uh, last night we, we we had them pretty pretty packed out in there. So excellent. Now on the twentieth, you're going to be at the Silverton. That's on. Uh, uh, benefit for some sort of military thing tell us about that yeah that's for the vietnam vet and that's that's going to be like a 60s theme that we're doing so i'll do the characters that i'll do in that show are, are from the 60s i mean i'll do you know george burns jack benny bob hope these kind of people and then the presidents of course and that kind of thing that's so that's a 60s theme for the vietnam vet that's at the silver tin at uh 3 p.m okay uh, and that's on the 20th that sounds good. And then the one I'm excited about is I'm excited about all of them. But October 16th uh, at the Smith Center uh, sounds like that's going to be a great show. Talk a little about that. Well, October October 16th at the Smith Center will be a um, Best of Vegas Riding Show, and I am I'm emceeing that. And so I'll come out and do about 20 minutes, and then I'll bring on Ariane Black, who is a female magician. That she actually did a tour with me in January. We did a month long tour in Arizona of all the theaters in Arizona, Ariane Black will be on the bill, and then uh, Trina Johnson, who is an incredible Whitney Houston impersonator. Ariane Black is a magician, I, I mentioned that. And then uh, Trina Johnson Finn is uh, an incredible Whitney Houston impersonator who's just outstanding, and she actually does her own show, too, beside the Whitney Houston thing, but she'll be doing the Whitney Houston tribute in, in our show. And then I have uh, Max Winfrey, who is uh, just an amazing... Uh, he's a cruise ship headlining act, and he, he juggles and does stunt comedy. Um, he juggles on a unicycle, juggles everything, and literally juggles the kitchen sink in his show. Oh, so wow. he's amazing. And so th- that, that's the show that will be at the Smith Center and on the uh, 16th of October. That'll be great. Great venue, by the way. Well, and finally, Rich, let's tell people where they can follow you so they know when these events come up and so forth and they want to see more. Where are you on the web? Yeah, you can go to my website, richnatoli.com, Natoli with an E, N-A-T-O-L-E.com. And then uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Rich Natoli. There you go. We will do that. Thanks so much for chatting with us today, Rich. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Take care. It's a pleasure anytime. We'll do it again. When we return, he'll visit a Nevada landmark that was used in the 1940s and 50s as a place to watch the atomic test blasts that were detonated several miles away. Check us out on Twitter and at twitter.com forward slash Vegas Never Sleeps. 
This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You'd never suspect that you could find natural beauty as part of a working landfill. You can. Today, waste management landfills provide more than 17,000 acres of protected land for wildlife habitats. Working closely with communities and the Wildlife Habitat Council, we can ensure there will be protected space for native animal and plant life to thrive. From everyday collection to environmental protection, think green, think waste management. With all the talk of fake news today, it's getting harder to know who to trust. Thousands of websites, millions of opinions, even the mainstream media has gotten caught in dishonest reporting. Now, if you're looking for information you can trust, why don't you try westernfreepress.com. At Western Free Press, they let you know where they stand and you can judge for yourself. No fake news, no feigned objectivity, just straight news and strong opinion. That's westernfreepress.com. When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see. And there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week on the show. But Scott's got a lot more there. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? That is the case. (laughs) Yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. It's a must when you come to Las Vegas. VitalVegas.com. I know what you're thinking. Why would I need a voiceover production company? Does your company need a commercial for radio or television? Are you looking to do an audiobook or web presentation? Then you need a voiceover production company. Black Eagle Sound Design is home to some of the finest voice actors, producers, and engineers in the business. Log on now to BESD.US and find out more. Black Eagle Sound Design will be there with you and your project every step of the way. On time, on target, and at a price you can afford. Visit us at BESD.US. My son Casey was a bright, fearless 20-year-old with a boundless future ahead of him. But in the blink of an eye, he was gone. While out riding a skateboard, Casey fell. He was not wearing a helmet. Our whole family wishes he was. It could have saved his life. I'm Captain Kevin Raffelli of the San Mateo Police Department. Parents, encourage your kids to strap on a helmet every time they jump on a bike, scooter, or skateboard. Think of my son Casey and use your head. Put a helmet on. It could save your life. A message from the Consumer Product Safety Commission. I had a sore in my mouth that just wouldn't go away. And after a couple of weeks, I went to my doctor. A sore, lump, or thick patch in your mouth or throat could be a symptom of oral cancer. My doctor told me I was smart to come in. He said that oral cancer is more common in African-American men than in any other group in the U.S. It turns out I did have oral cancer. But it was caught early and my treatment was successful. I'm glad I got it checked. That probably saved my life. If you're an African-American man, you need to know about oral cancer. Visit a doctor or dentist if you see changes in your mouth that don't go away after two weeks. It's important to get an oral cancer exam because if you do have cancer, the earlier it's caught, the better. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. Time for more Vegas Never Sleeps. Again, here's your host, Stephen Maggi. When you think of Las Vegas and you think of the history of Las Vegas, you can't help but remember there were atomic blasts here, and there's some things that are named with the atom or, you know, that kind of thing to make you remind you of those days, but there's a place that's still around. It's called Atomic Liquors. Really cool place. They've got, it's a freestanding bar. I think it's the oldest freestanding bar in Las Vegas. We're here with general manager and uh, partner in this uh, great place, Atomic Liquors. Her name is Rose Signora. Rose, welcome to the show. Um, 
This is kind of an exciting place. Do uh, people come in and talk a lot about the history of the place when they come here? Absolutely, yeah. We get a lot of um, we get a lot of clientele in here because of the history. Um, this is the oldest freestanding bar in Las Vegas. It was a the building was actually built in 1945 as a cafe called Virginia's, and it was then later named um, the Atomic in 1952 because of all of the. Um, atomic bombs that were tested at the uh, Nevada test site, so. Yeah, and uh, it was one of those things at the time where people were kind of proud of it, right? I mean, it wasn't a thing where they were afraid or anything. It was a place where you could come, party, and look at the blast. Absolutely, yeah. People would go up onto the rooftop, and they'd bring their cocktails and their beers, and they would, yeah, they would have a party, and they could watch the bombs go off. Um, the test site's only about 45 miles north of here, so it was actually really, really close. <laughs> But, and we actually, um, we still have some, some old timers that come in and they tell me stories about how their parents used to take them up onto the roof here. So we've got some like firsthand accounts, you know, of people that still come in, which is neat. Well, yeah, and that's cool. If you come in here, you might meet some of those folks and it's just a fun place. It, it's really an old fashioned bar and it's all the best things you remember of that. I guess that's something that you're trying to preserve, obviously, right? I mean, you, you guys honor the history of this place. Absolutely, yeah. Um, when um, Lance, the majority owner, when he purchased this building, it was it was in disarray. It was it, he had to redo a lot of the interior, but he tried to keep as much as he could of the existing building um, because he does he wanted to preserve the history. So I feel like the vibe in here, the ambiance, is a great mix of um, the old and the new. Now, is it a lot of tourists, or do you get a lot of locals, or is it a mix of both? It's a mix, but I'd say it's about 80% locals, 20% tourists. So we do get um, more on the weekends are the tourists that come down and check the place out. So. Well, it's located on Fremont Street, and this area is really changing. I mean, you must see that. I, this used to be a scary place, and it's getting better and better and more exciting. You guys have to love this. Yeah, I love it. So um, because the Atomic, it re we reopened the bar in June of 2013. So we're coming up on our closing in on our third year. And before I worked here, I actually managed the bar next door called the Bunkhouse, which was established in 1947. So it's just a little bit younger. Um, so when I worked at the old Bunkhouse, I... I saw the area at the time and it was scary. And since then, I, it's just wild to see the dramatic improvement in such a short period of time. Um, with just like, you know, when this bar reopened, there was nothing around us. We felt like we were on an island almost. And now we have the container park and we have the dog park and we have businesses open up um, east of us, which, you know, east of on East Fremont is kind of where it gets scary, or used to get scary. But. <laughs> well, you're getting culture, and people say, well, how's a bar culture? Well, it's totally culture, because it brings you back to that time. You guys work with, uh, there's a couple of great museums, of course, the Mob Museum, the Neon Museum, and there's even the Atomic um, Testing Museum. Do you guys work with them? Yeah, we're partnered with the Atomic Testing Museum. So we actually have original signage in the bar, which we're sitting right next to right now. So this is from the test site. This is on loan to us from the museum. We also have um, Geiger County on the back bar. So Geiger counters used, uh, were used to measure radiation and people and food. So those silver and yellow um, devices on the back bar are original from the test site too. What a cool thing. I mean, I think for people that are fans of this, this is part, they've got to include this in, in their repertoire because this goes right, you know, we, we talk to the folks at the museum and this is right along with it. It's great. We feel very fortunate. Like we, this bar has definitely become a destination spot for Vegas and it's it's instantly become like an iconic um, piece of Vegas history, you know. So it's it's very rich in, in the culture here now, especially with downtown growing as it is. Now, are you a uh, Vegas resident? I mean, you obviously weren't around when the bombs went on no. by no means, <laughs> but what got you interested in this whole thing and working in this area? Well, I... I had worked at the bunkhouse and that's how I met Lance, um, the majority owner who was in the process of redoing the Atomic. And we just got to talking, it actually started with our love for um, just creating great customer service. And really we both had the same idea of having a bar that was just, that essentially we wanted to be able to 
incorporate all walks of life, right? We wanted everybody to feel comfortable no matter who they were. So I feel like that very much um, has been created here. It's just a great ambiance, a great vibe in the bar. It really is. Now, I was looking at some of your stuff. You have events here, don't you? Yeah, we have we have a, quite a few events. We actually so the concept um, uh, at this bar is uh, craft cocktails, craft beer, and education. So we really like to educate our guests on what they're drinking and what they're imbibing. So we a lot of our events are education focused. Um, we have like beer festivals and um, you know cocktail events, tastings. Um, things like that. So. Well, this is something you got to include in your visit. So it's easy to get to from downtown. It's just down Fremont Street, 917 Fremont Street. If people want to get a preview of that, want to go on web, uh, what's your uh, address so we can find that easily and prepare? It is a, um, a www.atomicliquors.vegas. .vegas, no .com. Okay, so. .vegas. We'll definitely come here. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. When we return... We'll visit with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Scott will discuss something that most casino visitors know. You know, the guy at the craps table that is betting against the table? Well, if you do that, you might win some money, but you're certainly going to lose a lot of friends in the process. Scott will explain in just a few moments how. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Is there something you've always wanted to know about Las Vegas? Drop us a line at info at VegasNeverSleeps.com. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. I'm here with Logan Reed, my own personal business coach. You know, a lot of people may think this is all a bunch of psychobabble and that kind of thing. But in reality, this is stuff that on the surface may seem like we're going to explore our background, but actually we're just getting really in touch with ourselves to see how we can be more successful. Is that what you try to do with people? It is. So I'm not so interested in what's happened in the past. What I'm looking for is where people are now, where they want to be, and coaching always takes place in the gap. So what are the things, where are the places where they're getting stopped that's in that gap? And then when we move through those, they end up having what they want, whatever their goal is for themselves. Okay, we're all excited about it now. So how do we get involved? How do we get more information about about you and what you're doing? Sure, you can give me a call at 360-529-1848 or email me at logan at loganreadcoaching.com. And you could also check out my website if you want to learn more about me at loganreadcoaching.com. Dear Daddy, dear Mom, I love you. I miss you. I'm proud to call you my father. Every year, Snowball Express honors the children of our fallen military, heroes who made the ultimate sacrifice for our nation. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Orlando. Did you know that more than 8,500 children have lost a parent in military service since 9-11? Our soldiers died fighting for our freedom, and their children, they continue to suffer the loss. Join me in proudly supporting Snowball Express, a nonprofit charity that creates opportunities to help heal the children of our fallen heroes. Their year-long efforts culminate in a special week of fun, friendship, and hope. We can never fully express the gratitude for the ultimate sacrifice our soldiers have made, but we can honor them by giving back to their children. Please, you join me? Donate now at snowballexpress.org. With all the talk of fake news today, it's getting harder to know who to trust. Thousands of websites, millions of opinions, even the mainstream media has gotten caught in dishonest reporting. Now, if you're looking for information you can trust, why don't you try westernfreepress.com. At Western Free Press, they let you know where they stand and you can judge for yourself. No fake news, no feigned objectivity, just straight news and strong opinion. That's westernfreepress.com. 
Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org. Back for more Vegas Never Sleeps. Once again, here's Stephen Maggi. Time now for a visit with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Let's move it to gaming, because you always write about gaming, and I really enjoyed this one piece you did on uh, you can become really unpopular playing craps. And I mean, even, I guess, to another extent, blackjack can be that way too, right? Because by playing with other people, you're in their opinion, stupidity, can really affect their money. Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, and by the way, we, you call it gaming, but I call it gambling. All the, uh, all the casinos call it gaming as well to make it sound fancier, but it's, it's gambling. Uh, so what happens is there's, there's the math of Las Vegas, and there's the proper way to play. There's, uh, you know, the basic strategy in, in blackjack, and there's, you know, the proper way to play in craps. But ultimately, there's also the culture and the superstition of casinos that really determines behavior as much as the proper way of playing. So uh, what happens at a, at a blackjack table is everybody's playing, and then that third person over makes a choice that is not what everybody else is going to do. The, one I, the example I always use and recommend is a double down on blackjack against if the dealer has a bad card, like a four or five, six. Well... Somebody playing the basic strategy is going to freak out if you do that. I'm going to play the way I want to play. Same with craps. The only exception to that rule is people who bet against the table in craps. It's called the don't or uh, the don't pass or the dark side. That's what I call it because it is the dark side. You're betting against the table. The math is it's probably a fine bet. I just don't like it. I think it's rude, and when people get excited when they win and they're betting against the table, I think that's rude too. So I do my best to have a hot roll and drive them away from the table. You can check out Scott every day over at VitalVegas.com. Thanks for joining us today. Before we go, though, let's take a listen to our national anthem as performed by Presidents Kennedy through Bush II, all courtesy of Rich Natoli. Have a great weekend, and remember, Vegas never sleeps. Oh, I say, can you see by the dawn's early light, and what so proudly we hail? I help the twilight's lie asleep. Ah, who's brought stripes and bright stars? Ah, through the perilous fight. Ah, o'er the ramparts we watched. We're so gallantly streaming. <laughs> and the rocket's red glare. <laughs> the bombs bursting in air. Gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave? Or the land of the free. <laughs> and the home, the brave. God bless America. See you next week for more excitement and energy from the desert. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. The two tight ends are lined up as tight ends. Back goes Darrell to pass. He's looking for Smith, but instead goes down the middle. Chester, touchdown Raiders! That is the Oakland Raiders. No, not the Oakland Raiders of 2017, but the Oakland Raiders of 1972. And that's what we're talking about on a new feature called RaiderHistorian.com. You go there and we have 
every week different highlights from years of the past, including a look back at Al Davis, the owner, all the great games, the rivalries, the philosophy of the team, and so forth. It's a must as the Raiders head to Las Vegas in just another few years. If you're here in Las Vegas, you got to know that history, and if you're from Oakland and L.A., you'll want to relive that as well. RaiderHistorian.com.